0: The subject that I have chosen tonight is one that the Lord impressed me on. I was was going to start working on another Bible study for tonight, and the Lord impressed me to teach on this subject that we are going to be looking at here tonight, God's plan for the resurrection. And uh, I want to talk to you here tonight about the greatest hope that we have And it is a hope that we have that the world does not have. Excuse me. Put this on the screen. Right there, I think. And that's the handout that you're being given right now. And it's entitled, God's Plan for the Resurrection. Excuse me. And uh, I want to uh, get into our subject here tonight because I have some very interesting things to talk to you about. The reason is because the world is getting more and more aware that the thought and the belief in the resurrection is not so. There's nothing to it. They'll believe in outer space, creatures. They'll believe that man evolved from a little old one celled amoeba that nobody can even see with the natural eye, that we evolved from that, that we came out from frogs and jumped up on the shore. Tadpole became frog, frogs became lizards, lizards became eventually monkeys, and monkeys became us, and all that kind of stuff. You know the story. Evolution, they call it. And that all happened over millions and millions of years, and all the planets there was a big explosion and everything went spinning around that's how all that and i always ask the atheists this question whatever exploded who put that there that ever whatever object it was you know there had to be somebody who made everything and this is why abraham was such a different person in his day it was because abraham believed that one god had to be in control of everything everything because it all worked in in such a harmonious fashion, everything worked. We had the days, we had the weeks, we had the months, we had the years. They all work in harmony with everything, the seasons, the the air we breathe, the water we drink. It all works in harmony in this world that we live in, and even everything out in outer space. So these people came to the understanding about God, and God began to reveal himself to them one by one, each one. Now, I want you to look at the first one here. I'm going to talk to you first of all about the resurrection here from the Old Testament. And this is the Old Testament. Saints spoke of the resurrection. I refer to them as saints because some were prophets and some were just great men of God and so forth. Uh, Most of them were prophets. But let's look at the first one here. I'm going to look at the word Job. And if you look at the book of Job... I'm turning here to chapter 19, verse 25, and I'll read 25 through 27 in the book of Job. And this is what Job had to say. He was supposed to have been one of the uh, earlier writers in the Bible of the, of, the, of the books and so forth. And this is what he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And then that's a prophecy of Jesus Christ coming. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine own eyes shall behold, and not another. It will be another person to be me, though my reins be consumed within me. The reins is the inner, innermost being of yourself. Though they will be consumed, yet I will see the Lord in, the, in my flesh or in my body. And I'm going to behold him. So he believed in the resurrection. Now, I'm going to go to uh, the part B here on the next one down. I'm going to move very quickly. here. Abraham. And uh, this is something that's recorded in the book of Hebrews about Abraham. And it simply says this. I'm reading here in Hebrews 11:17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise, that is, that of him would come a great nation. And Isaac was the only son that he had. He would come through Isaac. He had Ishmael too, but Ishmael was not the want. It was to be through. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting. Here's why he was willing to do so. Verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From whence also he received him in a figure. So Abraham was willing to do what God had asked him to do. That is to take the life of his only son as an offering to the Lord. Because he said God is able to raise him up again. And I know God will do that. And he had no question that God was the author of. And he was the one who would bring forth the dead back to life again. This is why Abraham had the faith that he did. I'm going to move on a little further here. uh, Talk to you about uh, David. David in the book of of Psalms. I'm reading here in... in, uh, This is C here in your notes. David, Psalm 17, 15. And it says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. When I awake with thy likeness. And he was talking about him dying here and he was going to awake. If I were to back it up into chapter 16 and and verse 10, it's not in your notes there, but it says, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell or in shoal, which it means the grave. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So these are all scriptures here letting us know that these men of old believed in the resurrection. And then one other scripture here I'll give you from Daniel that this was the angel Michael or Gabriel rather speaking to Daniel in Daniel chapter 12 and in verses 2 and 3. Daniel 12 and 2 and 3 here. I'm just giving you where that in the Old Testament these uh, great men of God had an understanding of the resurrection. They didn't know when it would come. They didn't know how it would come. They didn't know all about the details of it, but they believed in it. And they knew that God was not just a God of this life only, but he was a God of the life after this life, and there would be a resurrection. I'm going to read here 12 and 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So here, my, uh, Gabriel is telling Daniel that there's going to be a resurrection at the end one day, and it's written here in the book of Daniel. So I've given you all of this to show you here that it was not an unusual thing for those people of the Old Testament to understand and believe in the resurrection that God had promised them. Praise God. Uh, There are many wonderful truths in the Word of God, and God has revealed them unto his church that we might understand things that seem impossible with man is is not impossible with God. It is possible with the Lord, and God will do what he said he will do. Now, I've got a lot of scriptures here to show you. The reason for it is because... We substantiate it with the word of God and there is a spirit of an element in the world today folks that does not believe in the resurrection and number two they make fun of it or they make a mockery of it and I'm just going to mention that in passing and I'm going to go on my way look at uh, look at number two here Paul spoke extensively about the resurrection this is right here. And I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'll be referring to chapter, verses in 15 here off and on through the lesson because it is the resurrection chapter or the most complete information that we have on the resurrection. And I'm going to show you what Paul has to say. Listen to me very carefully. Look in 1512. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you, that there is no resurrection of the dead. Now even in Paul's time in that early church. There was some of them who said there was no resurrection of the dead. There is none. And Paul just got through explaining in the earlier part of that 15th chapter. About how that Jesus rose from the dead. And who he appeared to. And how that he appeared to this one and that one and this one and that one. And twelve And then finally to 500 brethren at one time in Galilee. All these people were witnesses. That Jesus had risen from the dead. So therefore, there is a resurrection. So Paul is rebuking those who would say there is no resurrection. Now, if Christ be preached, I'm going to read the 12th verse again. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And verse 13, but if there, is no res, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. And he's trying to say nothing matters if there is no resurrection of the dead. Uh, Let me say a word here, and I'm cautious to say it because I don't want to leave the impression that I bash other denominations, religions, or faiths, or whatever it might be. But among the Jehovah Witnesses, they do not believe in the resurrection. I don't know if you know that or not. And they won't say that very much, but they're sort of, well, until you really get into their beliefs. And we've got several people in this church that one time were in the Jehovah Witness, or they spent a time there. I say several, maybe, I don't know how many. I know of some. And uh, you, of course, vouch for this. And I have discussed this, I've debated with the Jehovah Witnesses. But the Jehovah Witnesses do not believe the resurrection. When it comes time in Easter, when Easter rolls around, they put all their emphasis on Friday, that is the crucifixion. They've emphasized the crucifixion. He died for our sins. He died on the cross. He died on the cross. It was terrible. It was horrible. And all of that. But they do not believe that he rose from the dead. That is the body that was put in the tomb actually rose from the dead. They don't believe that. Everything. And uh, I asked one one time, I said, what happened to the body if it didn't rise? He said, we don't know. I said. I know it's in the Bible it says he rose praise the Lord he showed himself to all the people after he rose I mean to declare that he didn't rise from the dead and we don't know dear Lord the Bible is full of scriptures I mean there's so many that we I'd, it's, I could spend two hours here reading the scriptures where Jesus appeared to this one appeared to that one Mary, you know and, and on and on and on and different ones the apostles and so forth he appeared to these people So, to say that there is no resurrection and Jesus never rose from the dead, everything, it's like saying we believe what we want to believe, but that part of the Bible we do not believe. And so, I'm just telling you, there is a spirit and element like that in the world. I want to say another thing here to all of us here today. Uh, This is very good for young couples with children, especially. Be careful of this spirit of the walking dead. That's on some television. It's in movies. Shows people horror, you know, walking, I guess it does. I, I don't, I won't even look at, I won't even look that way. If it comes, if, it, if I even see an advertisement on, on the TV, I'll switch it over, go to somewhere else. In the mall, they've got a little thing there where kids can go inside a little booth and they can watch this stuff. And when I pass that thing, I do like this. Sometimes I push my push cart and I'm walking and then when I get past that thing, I push past it. I don't even want to look at it because it's a mockery of the resurrection. It's a mockery of the resurrection. And I'm just telling you, the resurrection will be a beautiful, beautiful thing. But the devil wants to make it look as ugly as he possibly can. So that people will say, oh, I don't want to have nothing to do with the resurrection. Not on what I've seen, not what I know and everything. So I'm just trying to say here. That this spirit and this element is of Satan. It is. So the wonderful hope that we have and the resurrection that the Lord has promised is one of the greatest things that we have in this life. Praise God. Amen. The Bible says we are body, soul, and spirit. I won't go into detail on it. I've taught other Bible lessons on it. We are body, soul, and spirit. And the Bible says that whenever we die, our soul and spirit goes back to God who gave it. And our bodies are put in the ground to await the resurrection. If the soul and the spirit never die, and they do not, they go back to God, to a place called paradise. It's also called the third heaven. I won't go into all the details there. There's scripture for all of that. But that's where the soul and the spirit go, and they, it abides there with Christ, with God uh, in heaven until the resurrection happens. And of course, until that time, the body lays in the grave. Now, what about the body? What about it? it goes, you know, it, it's, it, it, the Bible says the corruption of shall put on incorruption. I'll read that scripture in a minute. And, but it, it doesn't matter what happens to the body. The body is going to be resurrected, but not the body that we are in now. It'll be a new body like as on the glorified body. We'll get to the scripture on that too. Let me move on here. Now, <clears throat> I've been reading here in First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 and 12 down through 13 and 14. And verse 14 said, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith is also vain. Look down at verse 18. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If that if there is no resurrection. He said that's that's retarded to think that because if the people who have died in Christ, that, that's it. They're gone. He called it asleep sleep in Christ. Verse 19. If in this life only, if in this life only. We have hope in Christ. If that's all it is about living for God is the blessings we can have in this life, then he went on to say, we are, of all men, most miserable because Christians suffer a lot of things because they are Christians. Praise the Lord. And they live for God and serve the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to move on a little further here because uh, I want you to understand here that Paul spoke extensively about it. Now... This is an interesting part of the study of the resurrection right here. How many resurrections will there be? The answer is two. I want you to go to Revelations 20 and 6 and 7. Revelations, I mean 20 and 5 and 6. Revelations 20, chapter 20. Look at this for just a moment. We're going to get a good look over here before we go any further. It's what it says in chapter, let me read verse 6 here. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God for him a thousand years. Look at verse 5 but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. The first, the, the, uh, verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. But blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection. And then I'll talk to you about parts here in just a moment. So let me show you this chart here to understand what we are reading here in this uh, 20th chapter here of Revelation. This is the timeline chart. And uh, I'll just explain it very briefly and move on here. This is Adam, the first man here. And the Old Testament is from Adam to Calvary to Jesus, or the birth of Jesus, and the Calvary is after that of course, and here is the dark line that represents the flood Uh, Abraham represents 2,000 years after Adam 2,000 years before Jesus Christ came and Moses of course 1,500 years before, this is called the Old Testament this is Calvary, Jesus came, he died on the cross and then The Jews went into exile and were cast out of Jerusalem. Incidentally, Lord willing, next week, I'm going to talk to you about what's happening in Jerusalem. Why all that's going on. I don't want to deviate from this, but there's some things happening, folks, right now going on that we need to understand here. This is all connected with the Bible. It is. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that next week, Lord willing. I got some good things to show you. But anyhow, the Jews were... Put in exile, they were conquered by the Romans in 79 AD and sent into all the world. And that's why Jews are everywhere today. And they've been that way for 2,000 years. The next major event to take place is the rapture of the church. And then there's going to be some other raptures or incidents here. And I'll talk to you about that in the tribulation period. And and then finally, and then the 1,000 years, and then at the end of the 1,000 years, there will be a final resurrection at the White Throne Judgment. So, this is called the first resurrection here throughout the tribulation period. That's what we're going to look at here. Now, to put this all together here, I want you to look back with me in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. Everybody with me there? It says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part. Part. There's parts to the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. Now, I'm telling you that because we have a part in that. Now, I'm going to go back, if you would, and I'm looking back at the scriptures here. Uh, look at part B. Let me go back to the part B here. Uh, the first, The first resurrection. All right, we just talked about that. Look at, uh, go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 8, the first resurrection. 15 and uh, 20. Go back to Revelation. That's not what I want. I am just got through with that. I want 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. I'm sorry. Everybody still with me? All right. Now, I'm going to pick up where I left off a while ago in that 19th verse. That if this be life only, we have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. In the 20th verse, it says, verse 20. Now, Paul explains here what really is going on. And he just got through saying, if anybody says that there is no resurrection, he said, we have no hope and everything. But now he goes to verse 20, he's back on track. But now is christ risen from the dead yeah he is yes we know that and then he explains all the people he's appeared to here over here in the first part of this 15th chapter but now is christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept he's the number one the first part of the first resurrection verse 21 for since by man came death by man that's through adam came also the resurrection of the dead that's through jesus christ for as in Adam all die, yes, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ. Gotta be in Christ for that. But every man in his own order, this is those parts that we're talking about that was mentioned over there in Revelation chapter twenty. And it says, But every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. And everybody says that's us. Would you put your hand up and say, "That's us"? Praise the Lord. As uh, the Pogo, little Pogo characters in the comic strips, he said, "I've discovered something. They be us. <laughs> they be us." Everybody says, "They did this. They did that. They did this. They did this. they be us." Well, in that case, they be us. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I want you to look very closely here in what I'm going to show you here. And I'm looking at part B here. Afterwards, they that are Christ, His coming, the 15th and 23rd verses, which is what we've just read here. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about the rapture itself. The rapture itself. Because this is what those verses of Scripture were. Afterwards, they that are Christ, His that coming, that's us. And we are looking for his coming. In fact, here's that chart again. This is the church age. The church age would be about 2,000 years. We know it's about that, and we're living in 2,000 years from the birth of Christ, give or take, and they fiddled around with the calendar, and who knows where it is. But then they have the next major thing to take place. Boy, I hit a button, didn't I? I'm sorry. The next major thing to take place. Uh, is the rapture of the church right here. It's called the rapture of the church. And I'm going to give you a scripture on that right now, right here. So this is the church age right here, the rapture of the church. Everybody stay with me. All right. Let me take this off so we can stay with the scripture here. And, uh, And I'll leave it in big letters like that since we're moving down that way. All right. Praise God. Now look over at verse 35. Look at verse 35. Some men will say, I'm looking here at 1 Corinthians fifteen, thirty-five, But some men will say, how are the dead raised up? That's where some people say, how is the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? And then verse. this is Paul talking, verse 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except to die. And he's talking now about planting something. If you sow something, you've got to put it in the ground. It's got to die before it can come forth a new body. So Paul is likening the resurrection after sowing seeds in the ground. He likens it unto that. So I'm going to read 36 and go on to 37. Thou food, that which thou sowest, is not quick except to die. Verse 37. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be. But bare grain, it may by chance of wheat or of some other grain. But verse 38, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to ever seed his own body. Let me explain what what that's all saying here in essence. If you take a grain of corn, you plant it in the ground, and it comes forth out of the ground, it doesn't grow up a big grain of corn, does it? A grain of corn doesn't produce a grain of corn. And you say, wow, that's the biggest grain of corn I've ever seen in my life. It's popping out of the ground. It's a stalk that comes up. Not the seed, the stalk. Leaves on it. And then on that will be little sprouts. And then finally, there will be ears of corn. And on the ears of corn are little grains of corn. You understand what I'm saying? So he's saying it's not what you put in the ground that comes forth. It is something different that comes forth. So is the resurrection. Praise the Lord. So he says, it's not what you put in, it's, it's what would come from them. And uh, then he goes on to say this. Uh, I'm reading here in verse 42, 42 of that same 15th chapter, First Corinthians. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. In other words, it's not the same thing that's sown. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power in other words sown means the body of the dead the saint of god dies your body is put in the grave and it is just a body but now it's, it's going to be raised in power look at 44. it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body there is a spiritual body and then finally down in verse 49 And as we have borne the image of the earthly, that is like Adam, as we have borne this earthly body, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Praise the Lord. Now, folks, that's the hope that we have who know God, walk with God. Amen. Repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the spirit. And you walk with God in holiness and in truth and righteousness. Amen. Now. Here's what he says about the rapture now. We're talking about the coming of the Lord and the hope that we have in the Lord coming back. And uh, after the Lord at his coming, look in verse 51. I'm still in that first Corinthians chapter 15. As I mentioned earlier, the 15th chapter of first Corinthians is the resurrection chapter. I mean, it's almost totally given to the subject of the resurrection. Look at that 51st verse. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Everybody's not going to die. But we shall all be changed. In other words, there's going to be some that will die and then they will be changed at the rapture or the coming of the Lord. There'll be some, though, that will not die because we'll live to the coming of the Lord. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Now, how fast is that? I mean, that's pretty fast. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump (coughs) for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That is we who are alive for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall I put on incorruption and this mortal shall I put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So Paul sort of wraps it up, amen, with the wonderful hope that we all have here in in quoting this scripture about a description here of the rapture itself, coming of the Lord, how the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, Paul also talks about that in 1 Thessalonians. So I'm going to have you go with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I know this is old hat to some of us, but you know what? Uh, It's good. Everybody say it's good. Amen. (laughs) It's the word of God, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and 13. I'll tie all this together in a few moments. Some more some more things here I'm going to talk to you about Four thirteen, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Notice here he refers to the dead as those who are asleep. In other words, they're asleep in Christ. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, he uses that word again, will God bring with him. In other words, he's, they're going to ride. Right, this is how that all will happen. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not pre-event. I know we, have, we would pronounce that prevent. But it means pre-event will not happen before. We, which are alive, this is the old English style of writing. Prevent and pre-event were spelled the same way. We would do a, pre, a hyphen pre-p-r-e P-R-E dash event, and they they didn't do it that way back then. When the translation of the King James Version and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not pre-event them which are asleep. That is those who are dead. In other words, our rapture will not happen before their rapture or resurrection. For the Lord himself shall descend, verse 16, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And this is what Paul was explaining here that we will not pre those who are already asleep in Jesus. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And I say here again, the dead is what the body is. That's the old body is dead. The spirit, the soul has gone back to God who gave it. And we're with God in paradise and, and, or the third heaven and so forth. So the body rises. God and the, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air and so, that is with the Lord in heaven up there, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The words, comfort one another because once in a while we need to hear again that one day the Lord's coming back for his people. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you know what? I'd be happy if he came tomorrow. I'd be happy, praise the Lord, if he came right away. Praise the Lord. And we all just rose, you know. You don't, we don't know when the Lord's coming. Nobody knows it's coming. I'll talk to you a minute about that, too. But let me just say this, that God has a great and a wonderful and an awesome promise for his people. And, folks, if you have started out walking with God and you have repented of your sins and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you're baptized with his spirit, you need his spirit, incidentally, in us to make us holy. We can't make ourselves holy. The spirit of God makes us holy. The Bible says holy men of old speak as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. That's the old prophets. They're going to be in the rapture too. Not just the prophets, but others that are holy. The holy people of old in the Old Testament. And uh, the Bible says that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That means that they are going to be in the rapture. We're going to be in the rapture. We'll sit down the marriage supper of the Lamb with, with, uh, with the people of of, of, of Israel, the Old Testament, who are holy, not just righteous, but holy. I won't go any further into that. But let me just say this here to, for all of us here tonight. We have a hope that is the greatest hope that's ever been given to mankind. Don't lose it. Don't let it slip through your hands. Don't mess around with the world in these last days that we're living. I, I, I would like to I wish the whole church could hear what I'm saying. Don't play around with things out there. It's not worth it. There is too much that God has already prepared and has for us. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. Praise the Lord. You know, there's things about this world that's beautiful, right? I mean, it is. You can look at certain things, they're beautiful. I mean, you can look at the mountains, they're beautiful. You can look at lakes, they're beautiful. Look at the trees, sometimes they're beautiful. Look at the flowers, they're beautiful. I mean, all of God's creation. Folks, if God can make beautiful things on this earth, so beautiful and magnificent and awesome, how much more so will heaven be? How much more so will heaven be? So I don't know all about it, but I just know that I hasn't seen, ears, and heard. We have, and it had entered into our hearts what God hath prepared for them that love him. Let me move on here. God bless you. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is coming back for his church. And uh, <clears throat> the Bible tells us even, I'm going to go to, uh, I just got through reading here in part one here, the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, which, which describes it very thoroughly. And then in part two here, Jesus promised he would return for us. Jesus promised it. And I'm going to refer to some scriptures there. John 14, 1. John 14:1. Look at this scripture with us, if you will. This is what Jesus had to say about his coming back. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Notice that. He says, if, it is, if, 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 if there is not a lot of mansions up there where God is, if he doesn't have a lot of mansions prepared for us. I would have told you so. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you there's nothing up there. But he didn't say that. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise the Lord. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. If you have your Bibles, underline that. If you don't underline anything else in your Bible, I will come again. And not just come down and visit you and see how you're doing. And receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. This is exactly what Paul was talking about when he was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 there about the rapture of the church. And also in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 13 through 18, when he talked about the Lord coming back to receive us unto himself. That where I am there, ye may be also. Praise the Lord. Uh, here's another verse of scripture that's also found in, uh, in that part 2 there. And that uh, B, A, B, I mean that 4B part 2. To. And this is Matthew twenty four, twenty seven. Twenty four twenty seven. These are just scriptures here and there. Verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It comes out of the east, shineth unto the west. Many years ago, when my uh, children were just young, young youngsters like this, I don't know, Dave, David was young. Your pastor was just a boy, and my daughter was just a young lady, a little bigger girl. And we, I had a dream, and uh, I'd been working hard and trying to grow a church in Port St. Joe, Florida, a little small town, small congregation working hard, working on the side, did insurance work on the side, worked the church, you know, on the side not on the side. It was my main focus, and I had this dream one night. Praise the Lord, And this is what I dreamed. I dreamed I was at the Florida camp meeting, and we had gone there many times, and we had our, and I remember we were in the camp meeting, we came out of the tabernacle, and we were walking down to a concession stand that was down there where they served drinks and things that people could buy after church. And as we walked, the eastern sky began to light up, and I heard somebody scream and I heard somebody shout, and voices began to shout. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. And that whole eastern sky we're facing east and it just lit up. This is the east, I think. It just just lit up. And I took my daughter by the hand. And I took my wife by the hand. And she took, David was on the other side of her. And she took him by the hand. And the four of us began to walk toward the light. And I knew that any minute we were just going to be caught up. I said, this is it. This is the rapture. I was dreaming of all of this. It's the middle of the night, and I was walking toward that light, and a thought went through my mind this is what this was a thought that was so impressive to me. The only thing that will matter from this moment on forever and ever is what I have done for Christ. not what I have done for myself, not what I have done in trying to. I don't know, do things for my own self, whatever it is. The only thing that will be worth anything from this moment on is what I will have done for Christ. It just went through my mind as though it was like the voice of the Lord. And it woke me up. I woke up and I said, oh, my Lord. And I got down, I rolled out of bed, got down on my knees and I had a little silent prayer meeting without waking up everybody else in the house. Had a little prayer meeting right there on Saturday. And I said, Lord, let me always stay focused on you and the work of God and the things of God. And we're still here, are we? All of us, we're still here. That's why you have come through some things like that. You had trials and tests and problems and heartaches and things. But you said, you know what? One of these days, the Lord's coming back, praise the Lord. And the only thing that will matter forever and ever and ever with no end is what we will have done for Christ here in this life. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Would you lift your hand with me right now? Let's just worship God. Lord, we love you so much, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your blessings, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you ever plucked us out of sin and darkness. Thank you, Lord, that you brought us into this marvelous light, this marvelous hope that we have, this marvelous truth. Thank you for making us part of the body of Christ, putting us in the church, Lord, your kingdom on earth. We thank you for all things. Bless all of your people in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's move on here. I'm going to get on here with uh, these things that we we're talking about. So Jesus promised that he would come back. And uh, we're reading here in uh, Matthew uh, 24. Matthew 16:27 says pretty well the same thing. I'll read that verse and then. 1627 for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works works meaning the acts our acts of faith as we call it it's not works of the law of the old testament it's it's the acts of faith now let me move on here (coughs) praise god Uh, not only did jesus promise that he was coming back but the angels i want you to turn to acts one chapter 1 and verse 1 here with us the angels also verified jesus was coming back i'm telling you here that the bible is filled with promises that the lord is coming back for us and uh this is just a little added part here that we'll throw in acts chapter 1 verse 1 this is paul of course writing to a man by the name of theophilus he also addressed the book of i mean not paul but luke luke also uh uh, Addressed the book of Luke to Theophilus, and now he's writing a second letter to Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus was, but he's probably some very important person that he was trying to win to the Lord, and and uh, wrote these two books to him. Verse one: The former treatise—that's speaking about the book of Luke—have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach? That was the book of Luke. Verse. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, many infallible proofs, so many proofs that it's not even in question that Jesus rose from the dead, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then Jesus talks to them about going back in Jerusalem and tarrying until the Holy Ghost comes. Finally, this is what it says in verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, this is Jesus now. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. This is when he ascended into heaven now. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Now, listen to me closely. How many of you ever watched the satellite rocket go up? You ever watch it? Any of you ever just watch as long as you can and just watch it in, the little, in the, you see that big blast? I've seen it, I've seen it go off at night. And it lights up the whole east coast of Florida. It's like daylight for a few minutes, seconds or whatever, the third of a second. And then, of course, you see the rocket going up with the fire and it gets to be up and it finds a little light and you keep watching it, watching. And then finally, it's a little tiny, it's a little tiny star looking thing. And you keep looking and keep looking and keep looking until it's gone. I'm imagining these men saw Jesus go up and they watched him and they watched him and they watched him and they watched him. And he kept going and he just went until they could not see him anymore. And suddenly, suddenly, look at this next verse. Verse 10. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. That tells you something in white apparel here. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? If nobody understands that these were two angels that just appeared next to them all of a sudden. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So praise the Lord. One day Jesus is coming back for his people. Thank God. We have a great hope and a wonderful hope in the Lord. I'll move on here. This is number three here. uh, That the angels were promised him. And also now let me go kind of four here. This is interesting. What kind of body will we have in the resurrection? Everybody ready for this? Go to first John. First John. And this is chapter 3, verse 2, 1 John 3, 2. And I am watching my time very closely here. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Everybody say, "Praise Praise the Lord. For we shall see him as he is. Now, when... Paul was going to Damascus to bring persecution against the Christians and Jesus appeared to him. The Bible says that Jesus was brighter than the noonday sun and his glorified body appeared unto Paul. Paul was blinded for three days from the glory and the brightness of the Lord's appearance to him. And the Lord appeared to him. Of course, he he was saved, converted and, and turned his life to God and so forth. But the point I'm bringing out is that Jesus appeared bright... So in his glory, now when he was on earth in his resurrected state, they could look upon him. But when he went up into heaven, he had a glorified body and there's a glorious body. Now, the Bible here says that we do not know how we shall appear, but we shall, we shall, but, but we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And if you're going to look on Christ, you to have a body like us, his glorified body. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then I won't go any further into that. Look at Philippians 3.21. excuse me Philippians 321 who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the work and thereby he is able to do all things unto himself so we'll have a body like unto his glorified body which those two scriptures pretty well say what we just got through saying and then finally in verse 5 number 5 here I'm going to move on here very quickly here Uh, five here when will the lord come when will he come all right and let me give you a powerful set of verses here look at matthew 24 with us you ready for this all right matthew 24 36 when will the lord come but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only everybody see that put a ring around it Look down at verse 42. That's just a few verses on down. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Look at verse 44 in case those two won't convince you. Therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the son of man cometh. Okay. Oh, well, let's have another one. Verse 50. The Lord of that servant. He's referring to, to, to an illustration. He just gave here. The Lord of thy servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of. What he's saying here in essence in four different scriptures is that the Lord will just come when nobody's expecting him, when you're least expecting it, when you don't even know it. You know. Look at verse uh, look at chapter twenty five. This is the next chapter in Matthew, and verse thirteen. Watch therefore, for you know not whether. You know you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So here's five verses right here, right here together, just in one little place in the Bible that says nobody know of the hour or the day. So if somebody comes around and says, oh, the Lord's going to come such, such time, such, such time, everything, forget it. Forget it. And I've told our people more than once, I said, if anybody else starts telling you the Lord's coming on such, such a day, go to your calendar, put a ring around that one and say, Jesus is not coming here. (laughs) He won't be here. You know, in other words, he won't be on that day because nobody knows the date nor the hour. Praise God. And I've seen, I've seen dates set. I've seen days set. I've seen years set. I've seen it in my lifetime. And none of them have come to pass because nobody knows the day nor the hour. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to move on very quickly here. And I've got just about five minutes to do it here. Number five, we won't be quick. Other resurrections. Remember, we talked about the first resurrection had many parts. And that's what we that's what we're talking about. Other resurrections on that first resurrection. Okay, the tribulation Gentiles. Now, during the tribulation period after the rapture takes place, there will be some Gentiles who will be saved in the tribulation period. Now, go to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. There will be some people that will give their life in the early part of the tribulation period after the rapture has taken place and God's people has been taken out. God has not appointed us to wrath. So when the wrath of God comes, he will have taken the church away. <clears throat> The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so, as it, so shall it be the the coming the son of the man. He took Noah out and put him in the ark before the judgment came. Same thing with Lot. Before fire fell from heaven, he took Lot and his family out of that. So he'll take the church out of the world before he sends the great judgment. Now, things will begin to develop and show up on the horizon that we can see things happening. And we'll say things are shaping up for it. And he says, when you see all of these things that begin to appear, then look up for your redemption doth nigh. I won't get into those things yet. Now, what he says here in verse 9, chapter 6, verse 9. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw in the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, excuse uh, me, doth thou avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season. Until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now that happens over in chapter 7 verse 9. Here's where that happens. Verse 9. After this after this, I beheld in lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all the nations and kindreds and people. These are Gentiles now. And tongues. Stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with the white robes and palms in their hands. Notice palms in their hands. It implies that there will be some type of servants in heaven. The church will have already been in, in heaven. Verse 13. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, what are these that are arrayed in white robes and whence came thee? Verse 14. I, I said to him, sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, these are they which came of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they before the throne of God and serve him day and night. See, the church is the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ and we'll be his bride when our position in heaven will be a bride. These will be servants of the Lord. They will serve him day and night. That's why it talks about palms in their hands in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne that dwelleth among them. Praise the Lord. So I'm just giving you a picture here of these that are part of that first resurrection they are all part of it praise the lord they will have they will go to heaven Uh, also the two prophets i want you to go to chapter 11 very quickly with me chapter 11 verse 2 and i will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days this is Moses and elijah don't have time to explain that to you but i can show you in the scripture where it is them this is what happened will happen with them in 11 7 <clears throat> when they shall have finished their testimony this is during the this is during the tribulation period now and god is turning back to the jews and he uses the prophets to turn israel back to him and tell them that jesus christ was your messiah and they will begin to work and i could go to the 12th chapter of, of Zechariah and show you all that in the scripture we don't have time for that but anyhow it's all there it says and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall come overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Gomorrah, where also our Lord was crucified, which is Jerusalem. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies. That's the Gentiles. Now look upon these Jews, these two Jewish prophets. Three days and and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Now on the 10th day, the 10th verse rather, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that came on the earth. Verse 11, and after three score and a half days and a half, the spirit of life of God entered into them and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon all them that saw them. And they, that is the two prophets, heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. So there's Jesus, the first fruits. Then there is the church, the rapture of the church. And then there is the tribulation, Gentile saints. And then there is these, uh, these two prophets. And then I'm going to close with this and I'll wind this up. This is... Uh, Over in uh, chapter, for a little further over, it describes the Jews that are slain by the Antichrist. There's two or three places. I won't read those scriptures. They're in your notes there. Where they are killed and they're slain. And finally, the Bible talks about their resurrection. And I'm going to jump to chapter 20 and verse 4 real quick here. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. This is uh, the Jews now. And for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And then it goes on to say here, but the rest of the dead live not again till a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection blessed and holy is he that part of the first president and then finally i'm just going to refer to this and move on because our time is gone here now and Then looking at this chart here the rest of the dead live not until the thousand years were finished and then that was the white throne judgment and at the white throne judgment then all the dead come forth and in your notes there there are scriptures that bear it out and it talks about it extensively here i won't have time to read it but uh talks about the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years, uh, the white throne judgment here. And this is where the righteous and the wicked come up together. This is recorded in Revelation chapter twenty, verses eleven through fifteen extensively. And then also in John five, Jesus referred to that same event, five thirty eight, thirty nine. So you've got a great set of notes there. God love you. Folks, things are starting to happen. And there's a gas shortage that's creeping up on us a little bit here. I don't know how serious that's going to get. And there is this situation that is happening in Palestine. And by the Lord's help, uh, I'm going to try to give you some information on that next week. We're going to talk a little bit about what some things that are happening in the world today. And it's a sign that the Lord's coming is very close. Walk with God. Love Jesus with all your heart. Be in every church service you can. Pray, praise the Lord, seek the Lord, and one of these days we'll hear the trumpet sound. Shall we stand together and give God the praise and the glory? God bless you. You are a great class. We love you. Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful group of people that love your name, who have chosen to walk with you and serve you. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that you give us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the faith that you give us as a response to your grace. God, thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for the word of God. And, Lord, thank you for your wonderful spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.